Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is Dario with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday true car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Doctor Who fans. Welcome back to the Doctor Who After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about Season 8, Episode 4, Listen. I'm Matt Lieberman. we got a full house here today. Zach Wilson's here. Hey, guys. Liz Rishmaui's here. What's going on? Megan Salinas hey, is here. Everybody. And Jesse Klein is here. Hey, everyone. Yeah. Um, of course, an episode as good as this one is going to draw out all the fans. We all wanted to talk about it. I'm so glad we have a full room. He was and just trying to prevent physical harm coming to one another's fighting over Right, because there's no reason to fight. Yeah. Uh, and also, as always, if you are watching us live, feel free to tweet at us during the show. We're going to give out our handles right now. I am, of course, as always, at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. Now you guys catch me, that Zach Wilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Catch me at Lizzie Maui, L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. Uh, you can tweet me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm at Jess Klein one J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N-1. All number. right. Yeah, so please join in on the conversation. Folks, what a stunner of an episode. Uh, obviously divisive among a lot of people. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of people who wanted... Uh, the initial thrust of the episode that this creature was a real thing to continue. I, I see you brought your your Sonic pen. <laughs> Did you you rolled does. it? I thought you wanted me to see it. Specifically. Oh, I was like trying to <laughs> yeah. put it. In. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought there, you were drawing it's attention the, to it. It's at the ready. Yeah, <laughs> I listened it and I'll just, I heard it. I'll put it right yeah, here. Do, do it right there pocket. where I don't have to listen to it. I can just see it. Um, <laughs> Stretching and not showing off any of it. Yeah, uh, and you're wearing a Tardis Tardis shirt. 
shirt. Top, um, top shirt. But anyway, this episode. Dress. Yeah. I, I really loved it. I yelled, whoa, like three times. <laughs> right? <laughs> By the end of it, I'd actually come off of my couch and I'd started crawling towards the television yeah. in the final moments just yeah. so that I could be like right there. Yeah, man. I was into this episode a lot. I like that we got a scary episode finally. Yeah. This yeah, is... it, it felt like a return to form for what Stephen Moffat became known for yeah. with, uh, with within Doctor Who. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I was, I, I was excited because I thought they were going to set up like a new scary like villain creature for the Doctor. And then, then, I, well, I still maintain that they could. I don't think that they ruled it out in this episode. Yeah, yeah. but I also like. I, I also like that we again each episode. I feel is bringing different personality sides and traits of the Doctor that we haven't yet seen in Capaldi. Which I, I learned the other day. It's actually Capaldi. Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. We've been all saying it like he's Italian. Like Capaldi. Hey. You Capaldi. Know? It's Capaldi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, before we get too deep into it, obviously there is that central question of is this creature real or or is it just uh, is it just the fear that the doctor felt uh, as a child when Clara grasped his ankle from under his bed? Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, a, a few theories were bandied around. One thing uh, is that since Clara uh, was split across the doctor's entire time stream, mm-hmm. it's possible that uh, the fear that he felt in that moment could also have been spread out through time and space, which is why so many people have that nightmare. However. Someone tweeted me a very interesting thing from the Doctor Who wiki, which is that Stephen Moffat wrote a short story back in 2007 featuring a monster known as a floof, F-L-O-O-F, from a short story called The Corner of Your Eye, I believe it's called. And uh, in this story, uh, it is a small, bald creature the size of a child Ah. that does not want to be seen and potentially has superhuman speed to avoid ever being seen. So even though it's left ambiguous in this episode, he previously set up this creature to exist. And... There was that shot where he, when they're all in like that orphanage, and, yeah. and, and you see the and thing see very blurry. Yeah. yeah, it, it looks does bald. not look human. No. It looks bald. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it looked like it had like more of like a squarey kind of yeah. head, like yeah. almost like a Bart Simpson it, kind it of thing humanoid, going on. It was humanoid, but yeah, it definitely didn't look human. Exactly, yeah. which is why you know, and and also and it was gone too soon for it to have been a kid that just ran out of the room. Right. The other the other possibility is that it was just it was a it was a physical manifestation of their. Feet and didn't actually exist, but, but it's just there to play happen? with us. Sort of like a Dream Lord situation. Yeah, maybe, or it's but just we would like... need an explanation for yeah. that. It could just be a visual trick, but the fact is, in Doctor Who extended canon, and since Moffat wrote it, we can probably take it as gospel, this thing does exist. Yeah, I would have loved it if that was the central focus of the episode. So, did it bother you that the that the episode pivoted focus about halfway through? I, I was... Goshi. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I'm just I'm like at camera like while you're talking. Go ahead. Oh, they, um for for me, I really enjoyed this ride. Blink is my favorite episode of Doctor yes. Who. Uh and so for a good portion of this episode, it felt a lot like that episode. Mm-hmm. Um and I loved the way they were telling the story. And when the episode was done, I was like I was very engrossed. I was very emotionally fulfilled. And then I started thinking back on it and I'm like, "Wait, 
what was that creature on the bed? Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if it was just one of his school chums, that's a weird coincidence. And what was knocking at the door? If it was just noise, and that's a weird coincidence. And also, why would this kid be quiet throughout this whole time and <laughs> yeah, not freak no, out that there were no. freaking strangers? No kid <laughs> would be able to keep a straight face if he was trying to pull a trick on his friend. He'd end up giggling. But well, we never a, saw his face. And also, I don't think Rupert had any friends. <laughs> if there's a strange adult yelling at you as a kid, you take off the blanket. <laughs> You're that's, like, ah, yeah. That's it's true. I mean, well, did this creature have human hands? We, we didn't, didn't see. see. No, 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 I know, but the thing that described it the, in the wiki? Um, because every single clip from anything grabbing anybody's ankles was, was always a, a human, a human hand. hand. Yeah. Well, that's what they perceived it to be. Because yeah. they yeah. didn't know. You feel a hand, just you put in context the only thing that you can imagine you can't think of anything else that would be a hand that's not human the same way that they are rationalizing if you have cats you can think, <laughs> you can think of but not with yeah. a they thumb. Don't have thumbs they don't they have, don't thumbs. have thumbs they can't grab it, you it's just the same way that they rationalize what was outside the sp- the spaceship at the end of the universe mm-hmm. yeah. um, or the time ship whatever. on the yeah. last planet my, um my, oh go ahead yeah, no 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 uh, well, my big problem is that if all of those things were coincidences, that's not the proper way to move a story along. Because yeah. it's it should be causation, not correlation when it comes to storytelling. Which, well, I, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I give Moffat more credit than that. And, I do, mm-hmm. and because Doctor Who is not a standalone type show, and especially Moffat's run was not an ignoring... <laughs> Matt's like running his finger along the desk. <laughs> He's uh, flirting with you. But Moffat doesn't leave things like just drop them and not go back. He he loves to go back. He loves mm-hmm. to leave those little pieces and make yeah. everything and this come is a, around. This is too big a piece to drop and ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about how creepy the TARDIS was in this episode? Yeah. Like like what, with the weird fleshlight uh, <laughs> thing. Well, that, that was really weird. In? I love that. That's where you go. It was like three rows of fleshlight holes filled with lubricant. That's where you go. Yes. That's I exactly it, where I I thought went. it looked like a honeycomb. Yeah. That's what I thought. Nope. Fleshlight. I I really liked it. I mean, we've gone into the idea of the TARDIS as an organic yeah 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 machine, and and, oh, the, that's, and just, mm. that's to me that's <laughs> the that's the evolution like of control panels is yeah. like the buttons Vaginas. and levers in the sixties like that's the first they can then you have touch screens and all and that and then you have orifices. <laughs> Yeah. It just brings a whole new definition to like when we have the TARDIS in a human body. Yeah. And no. Um, How do you control a human through their orifices? Stop. Yeah, it's, it's, no, you control Lord. them through their heart. Uh, also, what I was talking about was like the last episode. The TARDIS looked real homey. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like it had like these bookshelves the book and like everything like that. And in that episode, like just based on the lighting and how they shot it, it looked like very lived in and like and a very place warm. That, yeah. A place yeah. that you'd want to be. Sterile. Honestly, the warmest creepy. it had ever looked. I'd yeah. like to answer something. I think a fan tweeted it, uh, but. Going to Zach had a thing about the the TARDIS from last week's episode mm-hmm. about how it's so coincidental that those things on the walls look the like round the round things from the Daleks. But one of the set designers actually said that he used basically the same ones to kind of incorporate what he used for the Daleks to also put into the TARDIS. Yeah. So there's okay. nothing really behind it. It's just well, it's not yeah. motivated. It's a design. Yeah. But, but the design of the ship, like regardless of that, is just it's so versatile yeah. Yeah. in this form. It's great. I mean, the doctor comes with his own mood lighting now. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, it 
it's the exact same set, but just based on how they shot it. And I thought this entire episode was shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. They really, they really incorporated some fun Hitchcock angles there, yeah. and like some really cool stuff. It was really excellent. Uh, um, I and it, it kind of, it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth, though. Why? Because I think it is. If all it was was just the doctor exploring uh, his fears that were nothing. Uh, it felt like the wrong way to do that hmm. by making it look like it was something and then saying, oh, it was nothing, by the way, is is poor storytelling. Well, uh, interesting that you bring that up. <laughs> there was a really great article on io9 today uh, that was basically, um, uh, I think we can all stop arguing about Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who at this point, <laughs> which... Is is a misnomer because people are going to argue about it forever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. anyway, but that basically he has established a certain set of tropes uh, and motifs throughout his work and things that he does and doesn't care about. And one of the things that he really doesn't care about, even if you look at his monster episodes uh, since he took over the show, is villains. He doesn't care about, um, you know, having uh, a villain that is going to, you know, unleash a twist at the end and uh, we have to stop it. It's kind of like if you look at um, the two-parter, the Angels two-parter in season five, right? Mm -hmm. By the middle of the second episode, it's no longer really about the Angels at all, but about the crack and about the danger in that. (laughs) Sure. The crack. Yeah. It's about that rock. (laughs) Um, And in this episode, he's far more interested in, in... in rewriting Doctor Who canon and exploring the Doctor's fear than he is in creating a new villain or having it be responsible for something. Uh, I understand your point in that if we were going to explore the Doctor's fear, maybe there's a more linear way to do it. But he also really enjoys these closed-loop time travel stories Mm -hmm. where by the end of it we realize that we're in the same place we were all along and that the events of the episode caused the episode to happen in the first place. But with more information than we had, which gives a new light to what we had already experienced. Yes, but making it just coincidence and people just making jumps, logical jumps, Mm -hmm. and having the Doctor be so sure that there is something out there and like forcing the audience to take that ride only for it not to exist is, I think, a poor way to get your point apart uh, across. I had a question, and I don't know if it's jumping ahead too much in, but I was watching this with a friend, and he made a comment about um, how the end part didn't make sense. Like, I thought the Doctor couldn't come and cross into his own timeline. He didn't. Because Gallifrey... But Gallifrey was sealed up in another universe, which was his point. And then I said, well, in the 50th anniversary or the the movie, I I confuse. Now it's not. Now it's back. And I don't. Let me uh, let me clear that up. All right. So first of all, uh, the same question was raised by uh, at Lacey Aisling, uh, who writes, do you think that it was Gallifrey that Clara stepped onto at the end of the episode? Now, it's never specifically stated that it is Gallifrey, because if we recall from the 50th anniversary special, this is also the place that the doctor takes the moment uh, to be detonated. So he wouldn't use the moment in a place where he would also be stuck in a time lock. Okay. So it's entirely possible that it... uh, 
But the moment then also said, your punishment for using me is that you will survive and have to deal with this. Yeah, because I thought the barn was on Gallifrey. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it is probably on Gallifrey, but we have to also allow the possibility that there is a secondary, like, breeding or raising planet for young Time Lords. Because everyone we've ever seen on Gallifrey is an yeah, adult. it's like shipping but, your kid off to boarding school. But exactly. <laughs> but if, uh, we've seen children on there Gallifrey. There were two billion yeah. children oh, on yeah. Gallifrey, My if mistake. you recall. My mistake. Yeah. I, I can be wrong. But if we go back to the movie and mm-hmm. we see when he was in the deserty area and he went to that barn, and I really love how they linked that in, and yeah. they just talk about the fears and you'll be scared when you come back here, and I'm like, how do you know? But it's just like... Wasn't he on Gallifrey in that scene though? Because that was where he met up with with Bad Wolf and right. Well, it it was never specifically stated in in the 50th yeah. anniversary well, special. But at the beginning of this episode, when the Doctor has her put her hands in the in the tele, telepathic of <laughs> te- telepathic telepathic honeycomb. Thank you. He also says that uh, basically the safety locks on the TARDIS are off, oh, allowing snap. them to a go to the end of the universe and b potentially wind up in the bubble universe that Gallifrey's in, which then raises the question... Why doesn't no, no. Why does he do that here's, the, here's the thing. I put some thought into this okay, okay. because I had, to, I had to do a similar thing and explain it to somebody right after. Gallifrey is only popped into the bubble universe. Like, it... In the Russell T. Davies era, it's in a time lock, right? So you can't right. attack... You can't get to it in any time. Anyway. But, in this version, the time lock is no longer relevant. It's... The, it's been put into a bubble universe at the moment of the time war, but pre-time war, it was in the universe. Line, it was in the universe. Oh. So that point in time, from before anything before the time war, is still game in terms of time travel. So he could go back to Gallifrey pre-time in war in theory, if he but to. the Doctor, it's too dangerous because it's so he has too much invested exactly. in that planet, and it would just cause a, like a par- too many paradoxes. Yeah. You know but the- for, if if he doesn't leave, that's why Clara say you cannot go out there. You can't ask about it, you can't look do into it. Told. Just mm-hmm. do as you're told. Which was awesome. Yeah, was and everything will be fine. Because he didn't leave the TARDIS, par- no paradox. Can okay. I just say, my brain right now is like the exact replica of the Van Gogh painting of the TARDIS exploding. <laughs> just like, um, <laughs> do you want it to blow just le- even a little bit further? Just do it. Do you remember in season three when the Doctor is talking about when he and the Master stared into the untempered schism and uh, sure. the Master went mad but the Doctor was scared? Yeah. He, what he saw scared him and that's why he knew he had to run away? It is in that moment that Clara stumbles onto him. She stumbles onto him in his fear and pain, having looked into the untempered schism, and gives him advice that changes him for the rest of his life. Fear is a superpower. Fear is a superpower, and it will always be your companion. Aww. So Claire is the most important character in the Doctor in the entire <laughs> Doctor Who can. Yeah. Claire, like twice over now. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, watched the episode. So now we have to go back and relook oh, at companions. As I, I guess it sort of fits. Every one of them is afraid of something. Yeah, and I just want to read this tweet real quick before we move on because it's relevant. At Nina Rockert writes, I don't think that there was an enemy at all. It was fear. When we are scared, we see and hear things that don't exist. And during the episode, everything had a logical explanation. But because of fear, we all thought it was something else. Everything except for seeing the damn thing. (laughs) Yeah. On that 
that note, I have a tweet from John Patterson who said, I think the whole point of the episode was it doesn't matter if the thing is real as long as you know it's okay to be afraid of it. Exactly. Um, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, I get that's the point of the episode. It still bothers me. Okay. Like, it's well, still because you're, it you're it's expecting one story and you get another story. Well, it's instead. not even that. It's just I feel like coincidence is a poor way of making a story. Like I, I, think, I feel your pain. I think that's a bad way to. <laughs> it write. also it feels largely inactive because ultimately nothing comes of it. Yeah. Except for the doctor, we we as an audience get a more interesting look at the doctor which i appreciate these episodes where we get to see another onion peel come off the doctor and also get to see another layer added to claire we get to Mm -hmm. see number one that she's the most important thing in the universe (laughs) twice now there you go she's the leaf of the doctor yeah Yeah. exactly Although um, it was great to get this kind of psychological aspect, but I, I will say I agree with you with the coincidence bit for storytelling. But I will give this episode so much credit because the dialogue was superb. It was just crackling. It was so and good. And honestly, to me, this is the episode where Capaldi's Doctor crystallized. Yes. Um, where this is him at his finest. The humor on point. Personality, very, very clear. stingy, kind of like, like, I'm Scottish. I love that he has that I have to know. Yeah. It was like we were just doing on classics the 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 Daleks, like his first experience with the Daleks, and the whole thing where he's like he has to know, even though there's like potential danger on that planet. He's like, I have to know. Screw all you other people. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna go out there. And he's like, Tar- Clark, get in the TARDIS. I'm gonna. It was the same yeah. basic thing. Like, yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> get in the TARDIS. I'm gonna stay here. I might kill me, but I'm gonna find yeah. out what's out there. I love uh, the continued use of chalkboards. This is yeah, it's so it's, cool. It, this is uh, if you look at this Doctor and the. 11th Doctor is two different professors. Um, <laughs> Matt Smith was like the Dead Poet Society. Get on your desks. Captain, yes, yeah. oh, Captain, my Captain, go live for a day and you'll understand the universe kind of a doctor. And this is a turn to page 297. I'm going to lay some lo- some knowledge on you. There's a test on Friday. Yeah. Suck it, nerds. But at the same time, you respect that guy because you're like, whoa, that was some deep knowledge. Whoa, you said suck it, nerds. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love the opening of this episode. Like, just, it, it's a mission statement. Mm-hmm. Like, right up top. I also like this alternate Capaldi costume. I like the casual look, the sweater. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's dope. At first I thought he had, like, holes in his shirt, and I'm like, that's just, oh, it's like splatter design. Speckles. Speckles. I love the nursery rhymes in this one. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. so clever. I also like seeing the Doctor... Like in between, like just like seeing him in between adventures. Like, what does he do when he's alone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, he oh, he mad. goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I like how she's like, looks like your handwriting to me. No, it wasn't there before. You know what it said? Yeah. Listen, um, are we even interested in like? I mean, we're going to touch on it, but like the whole dating. Back Let's and forth talk with about it. I yeah. am interested. Yeah. Because this episode basically posited that she and Danny wind up together and have kids who ultimately have kids who grow up to become time travelers. And have a fro. Yeah, and have a big ass fro. <laughs> and fro. identical grand great grandchildren. Yeah, identical yeah. great grand grandchildren. Somehow they should just um, gotten the guy who played Mickey to come in and like be. The- oh, <laughs> that would have been sad. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. It's useless it, until the end. Well, so Stephen Moffat, before he ever wrote any science fiction, he created a British uh, sitcom that was very popular called Coupling, which was all about relationships. Love Coupling. It's a great show. It's so good. Um, and it's great watching this kind of like very, very realistic 
and uh, awkward exchange between the two, mm. who I felt maybe were a little like too like smooth, fun, sitcom, uh, smooth, funny. Yeah, you know, like the last time they interacted, and this felt like a real awkward first date between two fractured people. I- this guy who's incredibly self-conscious, and and this girl who you know she's doesn't very- think before she speaks. And, yeah, and she just hasn't been on a date in a while. Can she's I- got a lot of baggage. I just oh go ahead. Go, no, you go, go ahead. Oh, Megan. I was just saying I'm really getting frustrated with people. Getting giving poor Mr. Pink so much crap about being a soldier. Yeah. Like, do people really treat soldiers that way these days? Yeah, they're lady yeah. killers. Yeah. <laughs> I They're also, all lady killers. Can I just say, I'm going to start a drinking game, though, where, like, every time, like, let's have a shot every single time he screws up and slams his head into the, into the, into the table. Yeah. Like, it's happened at least three to four times by this point within the last, like, two episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of sweet how awkward they are. Yeah, but no, I, it's yeah. very endearing. But I will say, like, by the end of it, I was kind of just like, I get it. Like, the the, the sweet banter, like, it, it, I don't know. But you know what? I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it didn't happen so much in the episode. Like, if it did happen, it didn't take up, like, a huge, like, seven-minute, like, segment of the episode. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like, I'm sorry, I know. And then, and then it kind of just went, like, and then well, all of a sudden, boom, she's and back in the TARDIS. they have good chemistry. And, they yeah. do. And I want to throw something out there that I think is very, very... Uh, important to how Clara's character has developed and why I think she comes ac- across so great in this episode and come a- and and really the whole season is um, and it comes back to the fact that she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. In this mm. episode, she has an opportunity to meet two men that are very important to her in her life when they are children, mm. and she is able to relate to them better and provide them with care better as children and then apply those lessons to them in the present. Yeah, that's true. Do you think when Orson, and I'm so glad the second time around I watched the subtitles because I watched it the first time, I was like, is his name awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I thought his name was Awesome, awesome Pink. Awesome Pink. It literally like, <laughs> says it on the banner. Goodbye, Orson Pink. I didn't know. I looked away or something at that uh-huh. point. But anyway. Uh, Blinked. I did. I'm dead. Don't, Don't blink. blink. Uh, but anywho, I, did anybody notice that... Um, I, maybe I'm taking it too wrong, but he said what to her, like, time travel runs in the family. Yeah. And for some reason, I almost thought, I mean, I guess it could just run, you know, he'd be referring to her, but then I wondered if at any point will we have Danny coming on an adventure along I the imagine that Yeah, I was thinking happen. that's gotta happen. Yeah, yeah. and then also yeah. when when he drops the soldier and uh, he says it's a family heirloom, uh, and she's like, I can't accept it. He's like, it's a family heirloom. Yeah. yeah. He's basically, he knows... He knows that she's his great-grandmother. But then, why... Okay, so at the end of the episode, she gives that to the doctor as a child, but yeah. then it's in the, like, orphanage with with the... Well, no, no if you, that's it where was, it, it was in the orphanage, and it was passed down to Orson, and yeah. Orson, you know... But before, then how does it go back to him if it's back... No, that's it's, it's that's not, in the future in Clara and Orson's timeline, but it's in the past in the actual timeline. Yeah. So basically, what we can posit, and also, I never even saw Danny holding, uh, or Rupert holding Dan the Soldier Man before the doctor names it. 
Yeah. No, no. Um, no, it was Clara. It, it, she Clara was like, he's the up. colonel, he's the yeah. one yeah. in charge. Okay. What do you uh, want to name him? And he said Dan, and Dan that's when she man. was like, what? All right, so what we can imagine is... I don't take enough drugs to keep up with this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> in, really don't. in the timeline, in, in, the, in the grand timeline of this soldier doll, it is made, it is put in this orphanage. It is passed down through Danny Pink's family to Orson Pink. It is then handed from Clara to the child doctor. But that does not mean that it has to then come all the way back around. Yeah, it was no. made and then it was in this orphanage. It, it has a personal timeline. Okay. And it has probably, a personal timeline. It's in the it's bubble probably, universe. Yeah. Yeah. It might be in the bubble universe or it might be in a drawer in, in like one of the many rooms in the TARDIS. Exactly. Oh, and cool. then Danny's going to find it someday <gasps> and it's going to freak him out. He's going to pull up both and yeah. then they're going to melt what? together and explode. Exactly. Time paradox. Um, someone else tweeted something to me that I thought was really, really cool and it was about the sequence of episodes and why this episode had to happen now uh, and it's because it's from uh, the hipster frog uh, at the hipster frog <laughs> nice. and he said just realize that Sweet the newest thing. episode of Doctor Who happened because in episode 3 the doctor realized things thought to be fake could be real which made him want to solve this mystery so the this fear that he had had his entire life that he thought was a dream suddenly came back to the forefront of his mind after he realized that his certain prejudgments that he had made about things that were real and things that like weren't. Like Robin Hood? Like Robin Hood. Now ah. put this in his mind, which is why he couldn't let go of it ah. in the moment. Smart frog. Smart that, frog. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. actually, watching and like thinking about the episodes in terms of them being back-to-back. Yeah, I, I like that for sure. That makes sense. Also, we were talking about the comedy. I loved the three mirror callback. <laughs> yeah, like, her eyes are so wide. Her face is wide. That's why she needs three mirrors. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Is that what I look like from the back?" He's like, "It's fine." She's <laughs> like, "I thought I looked pretty good." <laughs> yeah. Why do you need three? Why don't you just turn your head? Yeah. I I love the doctor's just inability to like even pretend to compliment she's, her. She's, I know. She's so ugly. <laughs> oh yeah. Put your makeup on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still on. Oh, oh and you, you must have missed, missed a little bit. Of, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just yeah. some bits. Mm-hmm. I I love how like you know, and even like when he she, he's just like in her apartment, it's like oh you just have to squeeze through. I try to overshoot it, but you just have to like kind of squeeze in and yeah. <laughs> I I think that's probably a callback because um just we like I said we've been doing classic who and Hartnell and the whole reason why uh, they had him traveling with his with his granddaughter is because they didn't want it to seem like a romantic thing mm-hmm. um, and I kind of think that that's kind of what they're going for with this one it's a little bit more like um, Tennant and Donna and everything like that. Yeah. Tenet and Donna. Which was I one thought, of my favorite parents. I thought there was a little bit of romance between Tennant and Donna. Mm. Well it, it was, was sort of like they'd come closer and then they'd be like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they kept on being like, "We're not together." Like yeah. every time people would assume they're together, it was the anti-romance. Yeah. I mean, that was all of David Tennant's companions was like the stages of a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, the the beat where it's them looking out the window into the blackness, mm-hmm. and he's like telling them, "Don't look around." And it was like because think about something that doesn't want to be seen and hasn't been seen ever and think how it would react if you saw it. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. Super yeah, creepy. It was, it was really creepy. cool. 
And, and then, then it, it turned out to be nothing. And then it took or maybe his, it well, did. Well, we it don't took know. his bedspread. <laughs> it took his goddamn bedspread. He's yeah. an orphan. Which, he's cold. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. We could be laying track for a season-long arc that this is very much a focal point for. Yes. And I want to point out something in particular that most people wouldn't have noticed, and maybe I'm overanalyzing. But when they're at the date, the person who comes up offering them water, the way that it's framed, mm-hmm. we don't see them. It's just from, like, the waist down, and it's just sort of, like, almost kind of like this very measured voice, like, can I get you some water for the table? And she's like, no, we're busy. Yeah. And he just kind of walks away. And I can't help but wonder if there's something else going on here. I, will, I don't I, think so. I think you're overanalyzing I will that freak out if there's, like, a future episode, and they're walking around, and the bedspread shows up, and they're like, <laughs> like well, how'd that get there? I don't know. I will freak out while I'm watching. Are you going to scream like a girl? Although, I'll scream like a man <laughs> screaming like a girl. Although it's interesting that you mentioned that this could be laying the groundwork for, for other, oh, you know, for an overarching story for the entire thing because there's no mention of the promised land and there's no no sign of Missy in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Neither of those. And I just want to point out that you bringing that up reminds me of when we had um, God, what's her name? Um, Companion after Donna? No, before Donna. Before Donna? Martha. 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 Okay. Martha. When we had the thing with Martha and you never pay attention to like there being an election soon and da 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 And then you get Saxon and it's all linked together and you notice it, little tidbits came in but no one paid attention to it. And now, again, now, now I'm going to keep on thinking about the damn water guy. I'm totally on your page yeah. here. Right? I, I wanna put, I'm putting all my chips on that. This <laughs> episode is so care- yeah. carefully either, directed. Either that or the guy who got picked to be the waiter in that scene was just such a huge fan. That he was just like, can I get you someone? <laughs> and they're okay. like, you know what, just uh, yeah. keep the seat. Someone won a contest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's. In, I mean, I don't know if it's worth noting. Like the director, Douglas McLennan, um, he hasn't done any of the big, like arc yeah. episodes. Like he did Cold in the recently. He did he did a couple in the Tenant era, and then he did Cold War and Power of Three, both standalones. He also directed next week's Time Heist, which looks like oh, a standalone. Great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that should inform it at all, Mm -hmm. that he hasn't been a part of arcs before. Well, uh, I'll just throw this out there. An arc got launched that we haven't referenced since in The Power of Three, namely the Shakri, who were supposed to be a fairy tale to young Time Lords, and we met the Doctor as a young Time Lord this week. That's right. Um, That's very true. Yeah, so it's entirely possible that that could be coming back. He's a very stylish director. I just want to read a couple more tweets. Uh, At Doctor Who at 50... Doctor Who fan writes something in reference to the TARDIS and Gallifrey. The TARDIS in past episodes has not been able to go to Gallifrey at a point in its past. Uh, therefore, where the Doctor is could not be Gallifrey, but another planet. Um, I think that's still up for debate. What if that? Yeah. What if our tar- the Doctor's a kid? What if our TARDIS hasn't been built yet? Uh, I don't know. Or is off planet because it hasn't been like put in because yeah. it was it's like decommissioned yeah. or something. In a, I think he took it from a museum. He took it from a museum. So what if it's off planet <laughs> at the time? So that moment is not in that in our artist's history. And you've mm-hmm. lost me. No, I no, mean with I everything it. that happens in the show, like anything could like you could just throw anything in there to rewrite a, a rule. I mean, we we're technically yeah. on Doctor Number Thirteen. Yeah, yeah Moffat is yeah, not you know. shy about and, letting and go. It's always been the case with Doctor Who. Plot will always trump continuity. So, you know, you can uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey (laughs) stuff. Exactly. (laughs) Hand wave. Um, One more thing uh, that 
I want to say what, what? And now I don't remember. Damn oh, it. sorry. Oh, but don't you just? We're talking about your crazy water guy theory, and then <laughs> yeah. we were on. And then we were. And then Zach went on a tangent about Gallifrey. Museum Bill's not on Gallifrey. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Oh, um, dates. Uh, no, no. Uh, child doctor with the William Hartnell haircut and oh, the bald so spot. Cool. Those, so weird. Those really weird. Yeah. Wait, bald spot? Yeah, Did he, he had, had like a whole bald spot and like and like empty part of his hair where his hair would have been thinning as a child as an adult. I didn't see that either. Brown hair in little part, and she's rubbing it. I didn't see no bald spot. There's a spot, you and then that? a whole you stare back into of the, the head. Void and see how your hair looks afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay white. Yeah. How about I, I? How about I enter the void? I'll release my earthly tether and become wind. <laughs> <laughs> Different like, show. You're gonna fart in it? No. What that mean? It's 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 a legend of Korra. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I've uh, gotten that. at JP Drama <laughs> Kid writes, yeah, you should, no. Uh, it's hot out, tired. Uh, I agree with you about the waiter. It'd be very Series 5 when the future Doctor talked to Amy in the Angel episode. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Wait, what? Um, when the Doctor came back, uh, came back around during the Big Bang um, and talked to Amy and gave oh. her the hint that would eventually have him be brought back to life. Yeah, but uh, they would have noticed if it was plot over content. It's, if it was it's the very doctor. interesting. Um, Stephen Moffat seems to have a motif with bedtime stories because we were talking about it He's a lot. Obsessed with them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's sort of what this comes around full circle as too is a bedtime story for well, the doctor. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, he said in the past that Matt Smith's Doctor was he created him to be a fairy tale version mm. of the Doctor, mm-hmm. so a lot of that went into it. But I don't think he could quite escape that like temptation. What, what was it? Young Amy called him the Raggedy Doctor. Yeah, Raggedy Man. Yeah, Raggedy Man. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a fairy tale. He was a fairy Raggedy tale. Man. Yeah, and now we've got this guy who. Uh, is uh, very complex and very angry. And what I love about what Clara's doing, and it's kind of in relation to what I was saying earlier about her being kind of matronly, is in some ways she's kind of the doctor's nanny. Like, he <laughs> called her his carer, but in, in a lot of ways she just she takes care of him. She makes sure that he's emotionally on the right track, and sometimes she gives him orders. Well, wasn't yeah. it? And sometimes it con- she smacks him in the face. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> Isn't it convenient, though, that when he first met her, she was like a, a nanny. nanny? Yeah. So... Yeah. It makes it kind of loops around in a way. Almost like it was meant to be on, done on purpose, which I, I doubt that was. It was <laughs> giving him so much credit. I'm giving yeah. so much credit. It's like they have true. a TARDIS. They go in future to ask what he's writing about, then goes back in the past to loophole it and say, "I thought about it the whole time. It was a three year in the making." So tying this in to the Missy storyline, if Missy is indeed the person who made sure that the Doctor and Clara uh, were brought together. Mm-hmm. She made sure, she ensured that the doctor would meet the person who would teach him about fear. Yeah. So who, it, who the hell is she? I don't know. She might not even be a real person. She put him on his path, effectively. She put, effectively yeah. put him on his path so. and has been working to make sure that he is on that path no matter what. So I guess so she Missy, Missy's the most important thing in the universe then. Yeah. Well, and then Clara, and then the Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's trying to make sure that the Doctor ends up at a certain place at a certain time. That's, yeah. that's a very yeah. plausible scenario. If she is the Ronnie... And she's conducting an experiment that requires the doctor's existence to be a constant. That's why she's placing so much importance on it. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I like that. I mean, if the if we put Gallifrey in another pocket universe or mm-hmm. bubble universe, could it be an experiment as to what happens in a universe without the doctor? Hmm. Mm. Um, so now we have... 
this, like this universe has the Doctor, the one that Gallifrey's in does not. What happens then? It, it's interesting. I like the idea of a scientist behind all of this. Do you yeah. think yeah. if if it's she is different. if she is the Ronnie, do you think uh, the Promised Land is Gallifrey? Like if she is a Time Lord, and I mean it, it, it why, looked nothing like it. Yeah, though. but and also no. why would people who when they die. They got trans. I keep on thinking about the episode. What was it? Episode two, when the chick was a uh, vaporized, like, vaporized by a, Dalek, by a yeah. Dalek, and next thing you know, she's having tea. But she was. We didn't see it happen on screen. Oh crap! You're right. We didn't see it happen on screen, so we honestly don't know what happened. My head hurts. And we, we, they specifically made sure that the people that we saw go to the promised land. We didn't watch them die. Oh, we no. saw a body impaled, and we saw from somebody afar. move from inside a Dalek to the promised land. But we never saw either one of them die. Yeah, I feel like it's all it's all been like cyber things that have gone to the prom- promised land. She's not, the she woman in season episode she wasn't. No, she was yeah. a human. But she did not know about it previously. Yeah. It is it And it, it wasn't referred to as the promised land. It was referred land to as that. heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I I had a feel like maybe it's a Cyberman plot. Hmm. Like well, to, we do know that Cybermen will show up at some point this season. There have been photos yeah. everywhere, so I don't consider that a huge spoiler. I apologize if if, if that is a spoiler. Use to you. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> They've been everywhere. everywhere. Okay, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna feel bad about this. They, they retooled them. They, they're upgraded. Yeah, looking they have good. Been looking sharp. Yeah. yeah, like the iPhone six. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up about your iPhone 6. I, Cyberman. Yeah. I don't have it yet. No. Cyberman um, 6. Real quick, because I should have done it 20 minutes ago, I'm just going to quickly mention iTunes. Uh, you know, folks, we really appreciate your support here at AfterBuzz. I say it every week only because it's the truth. The best way that you can support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes, rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. It's super helpful for us. It's how we're able to get our sponsors that keep our lights on and our doors open. It's how we get guests on all our shows. And it's how more people are able to find the show and say, you know what? Other people trust it. I'm going to download it too. So please continue to give us your feedback. It's really, really helpful. It raises the collective water level of everything here at the network. We appreciate it. Yeah, and speaking of going forward mm. um, towards the Cybermen, whatever's at the end of the season, um, at Lauren... Uh, at, at one Lauren underscore um, says, uh, I think Clara visiting Gallifrey will have consequences in the final episode. But Ooh. that's if it was Gallifrey, because we've already been trying to figure out if I, it was or I, if it wasn't. That's, I, that's intentionally confusing if it's not Gallifrey. Yeah. Um, I think it's just... The, I always, I never thought for a moment in the fiftieth that the barn was not on Gallifrey. Yeah. Okay, um, they they pretty much make it clear that it is. Okay, because um, he's like gonna set off a bomb to blow it all up, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I and that's I I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I do not. I think this episode is laying a lot of groundwork for something that when we look back. Will tie in so much more. It's going to be really funny if this really is the standalone oh, yes. episode <laughs> of this season. It will really up- People... upset me if I do not see an orphan bedspread sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah, two seasons down the line, there's a red bedspread. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this on the table. I have to imagine that the doctor being given an order by anybody to not see something is only going to make him intensely curious as to what that is. Mm-hmm. In the same fashion that everyone being super secretive around him in season six about his death caused him to investigate it that much more intensely. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine he's going to find out at it some depends. point. It depends. It depends because it, on the one hand, absolutely, he doesn't like 
you know, secrets being kept from him mm-hmm. because he does have that burning knowledge to know. On the other hand, I think he trusts his companions. Yeah. And if somebody tells him, you know, not to do something, you know, do as you're told in this particular case, I think he'd be willing to listen. I I agree with her. I think that in this particular situation and the way they ended the episode and it kind of just made him come to a realization about a memory he had and and he linked it together that it was Clara all along. Like, I don't see a reason for him to go back to figure it out because he would have remembered it. I, I well, I think that uh, the idea of time is time rewrites itself. Time fixes itself. It is very much at play here, especially just the whole thing with Clark. And this is like a crazy, wild, like connecting dots in ways that maybe they were not meant to be connected. But like, if the Doctor has this nightmare about this thing, if we treat it as if we imagine that it is a monster, mm-hmm. that there is a monster under the bed, if the Doctor going back and investigating it causes them to back off of him across all time because whenever he caused them to back off time fixed itself by putting Clara into his timeline to be the person under the bed Hmm. setting that fear in motion because it has to fix itself he has to be started on that path so time itself is like she needs to be here yeah, which is the TARDIS. Like, yeah. we, the, That's true. The she time does take him where he needs so to go. So you're saying that because he got too close to discovering them and they are the best hiders in the universe, they backed off from him in all space and time, requiring time to write in a reason for him to be afraid. Right, and someone well, when you say it angle. like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, no, I'm just clarifying. I, yes, <laughs> that's... that's uh, <laughs> Clarifying. <laughs> um... That is that's the theory I'm putting okay. on the table. I I'm not a hundred. I can't go a hundred percent behind it because it's a huge swing. Matt's still like reeling from saying clarify. Anyone who has watched a panel with me and Stephen Lemieux knows how I feel about mid-show puns. Come on, yeah. it's like last week when I was like, wouldn't int you? Yeah, no. Oh. It is like last week when you said that. You're right. <laughs> same reaction. Exact same, same reaction. reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, one when, when people st- um, boo, uh, or when people do puns on other panels that I'm on, I just boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Any other any other closing thoughts before we get into more intense predictions? Um, well, it's just a spare <sighs> thought that I had while watching this episode, and because I was playing with my screwdriver earlier. Do you think the doctor's gonna get a new screwdriver? Yeah. No. He hasn't I, I, I guess he has you. The it color's a little me. different. It's no, less it's bright. The same one. It's less bright. No. The color. You're colorblind. From uh, I, I can only sh- purely from a BBC marketing department standpoint and licensed product part. I'm He's surprised they haven't already given him a new. All I will say thing. is there have been four doctors in this new version of Doctor Who. First one got a, a screwdriver. Second one didn't. Third one got a screwdriver. Fourth one didn't. Wait. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Tenant got a new no, one. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Tenet he was the old one. He had Christopher Eccleston. Okay. And then and then Matt there, Smith Matt got Smith a new got one. Matt Smith got a new one because the old one shorted out. That was yeah. before they sold like 300,000 of these. Yeah, I know. But I just I can't help also, but feel that he'll get a new one. that he'll get a new <laughs> screwdriver when there's a new showrunner. William, William Hurt got a had a new the red uh, one. John Hurt. One. John Hurt. Yeah. Yeah, John Hurt. That's John Hurt. William Hurt. I would totally love to see John. William Hurt. I would love to show. see William Hurt in this show as well. I just realized just playing my... his character from a history of violence. Yeah, I just realized my uh misnaming Your faux pas. My f- folks pause. And uh and I loved it. I want it to be William Hurt now. <laughs> All right. Um so let's uh let's get into predictions. 
And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Yeah. I apologize, folks, if you wanted a, a longer chat on this episode, but there are other shows I need to tape here, and we're low on time. And my brain um, hurts from yeah. all the <laughs> Yes, from all the theorizing. It's, really, it's like 108 degrees right now where we're recording, so like it's just the, our, our brains are just focusing on living. Yeah. This episode <laughs> is also just a total like mind yeah. screw. Mind, mind screw. screw. Yeah. That's, driver. that's the yeah. good way to go. All right. uh, so next week, Time heist looks yes. cool and fun and hip. And I'm like, hoping for oceans a billion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oceans it, infinite. Infinity, yeah. I just said that before. Oh. And I like the thing. It's like I'm like, what is that, General Akbar? Like like Admiral Walking, Akbar? Ad, Admiral. I meant that. I'm talking. Well, no, I it's in, no, it's in time. It's before he got yeah. <laughs> before he got promoted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when he was just a low-life criminal on Mon Calamari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just like goes to them when they're about to break and just says, it's a trap! And then it's all a trap. And I mean, if someone happens. utters, it's a trap next week, I might piss myself laughing. <laughs> um, but it looks fun. Yeah. yeah. The van! The van was supposed to be here! And yeah. I, love, I love, I don't know what it is, like I, I love how there's going to be like a bunch of like mystery behind who's who because we see that scene where someone touches Clara and then they like morph into Clara yeah. and and you know some kind well it's probably some kind of shape changing disguise for to sneak into the time heist it's an andalite what? sure an andalite. Oh! did you just make an animorphs reference <laughs> oh brother Dude, it had eyes like an andalite sorry would've. that was the sound of mm-hmm. my 90s nostalgia yeah. I didn't read animorphs uh, no. you didn't even watch the show you didn't even no. look really at the bad show like, you didn't even have to read and Animorphs. Andalite. You could just like pick up the book and flip through the pictures no, and see them change. I'm all good. <laughs> and Andalite is a sucked. being. It has blue. It's blue. It looks like that a centaur. Little, it has oh, a scorpion tail. See? It has no, eyes. I know the pictures from the cover. When it touch, the point is when it touches somebody, it absorbs their DNA and then can morph into them at Got well. it. Okay, so fine. It is an Andalite. No, oh it's not an Andalite. <laughs> Finally, the crossover. Did, no one asked for. Just, I did. It's, well, it's, it's Mystique. Well, actually, Doctor Who, just the last couple years, has, like, there are are certain episodes of Doctor Who that are oddly reminiscent of a lot of the shows that I used to watch as a child. Like, Mm. I saw this on Are You Afraid of the Dark? I saw this on Goosebumps. I've seen this before on this and this and this. And so there, I wouldn't rule out Andalites. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Just a quick question, throwing it out there. There's a woman in that preview. Do we know her? Or does she just look so. like a cross between Madame Kaverian and Missy? She yes. looks, She kind of reminds me of... It's not... I don't think it is. The woman from uh, Adipose, the Adipose episode? Maybe. A little bit. She's very but she dressed similar. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. yeah. Not, no, I'm not saying it's the same right. person. It just reminds me. Stephen Moffat has a thing thinking. for severe black-haired women in all black. Did, did that woman have any water with her? No. Do we think it's... The- it's not... Okay. No, that was a man. Wait, wait, what are we talking about? The, 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 the waiter who offered <laughs> oh, the water. It took me a second. <laughs> yeah. um, well, funny. Oh, gosh. Now Any we're going to be looking for anyone yeah. carrying a pitcher of water. Right? I'm going to go over every Doctor Who episode ever okay. and look for someone Blankets carrying and water. Blankets and right. water. I, I, I don't want to throw this out there as a prediction, but I would love for the next episode to have the same kind of tone as yeah. the Robin Hood episode. The uh, We've got to pull a heist and to make it really fun and really silly. Yeah. yeah. 
after this week's heavy episode, it'd be nice to get some more levity exactly. on the show. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Zach Wilson, where can the people find you? Uh, thanks for geeking out with us today, you guys. I'm, uh, you catch me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And also here to After Buzz, this week on Doctor Who Classics, we're going to be doing it, the Edge of Darkness two-part special uh, from way back in 1964. Um, you can also catch me on uh, this fall, Grim Resurrection, uh, so many other panels. You can check it out. <laughs> All right, Liz Rich Maui. Oh, you didn't call me Lizzie Maui this time. <laughs> hey, guys, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Lizzie Maui, L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. You can also find me on the Sword Art Online panel on Sundays with my buddy Megan here. Yo. And uh, we're actually going to be restarting uh, The Legend of Korra um, in October. So check it out. And uh, look for me haggling uh, for another spot on this show. So. All right, great. <laughs> Megan. Um, I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm on Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, Z Nation. Uh, occasionally here, occasionally Classic Who. Um, and uh, Agents of Shield is coming yes, back, which you're doing I'm with so me. Excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse Klein. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jess Klein One. Uh, first Sunday of every month, you can find me uh, at the iOS main stage with Matt. With our team DJ Fawcett, uh, I'm not doing any shows right now except for this one, so right. I'm sorry. Catch him on. Okay. He's living on the couch right yeah, now. Good. <laughs> Apologize. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find all of my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on our channels on YouTube. And you can find me here uh, doing Ray Donovan, uh, Under the Dome, The Strain, The Nick. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, bunch of other good stuff. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow coming back. Yeah, Agents of Shield fun. coming back. Yes. Thank you all so much. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.